Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. Let me ask you a question. How did you initially find me and this podcast? Probably my guess, unless a friend recommended it. And I love that. I love that for you. And I love that for them. That just means so much, but most likely it was through Instagram, right? Now, Instagram, I kind of see it as this place where people are walking down a street and we're all just sort of like yelling at you from our houses, like, come on in, it's really good in here. And my hope is to make that initial connection over there, but then to bring you over here, this is where the magic happens. This is where we get to go so much deeper. This is really where my work lives, is in this space. I'm so glad you're here with me. And I'm grateful to that little app on your phone that supported us in making that initial connection and bridging that connection for the two of us. And yet, that space can also be a place where we get caught up in comparison, where we feel overstimulated, where we begin to worry about new things, where we get access to everybody else's chosen moments, maybe while we're in the depths of a really vulnerable moment for ourselves. Ugh. Okay. We are the first generation to walk through mothering, parenting with social media at our fingertips, access to all of this information and experts and resources, and also access to all of these other moms, parents going through this at the same time. And it's a double-edged sword, as I've said. And I think that's an important thing for us to dive deeper into, understanding the role that social media has in our lives as parents, since we're the first ones to navigate it. And you know, it's not going anywhere. So our kids will be navigating it one day. And let's, let's do them a favor and ourselves a favor by figuring out a way that we can begin to address some of the hardships of navigating parenting and motherhood in the social media digital era and how to address things like FOMO and overwhelm while still holding on to the good parts and the parts that do serve us and the parts that help things like you and I getting connected. All right. So I invited Dr. Anisha Patel Dunn onto the podcast. Dr. Anisha Patel-Dunn is a mom herself. She also serves as Chief Medical Officer at Life Stance Health and has nearly 20 years of experience as a practicing psychiatrist. And I'm really excited to get a chance to share my conversation with her where I ask her questions around these issues and she shares not just the big picture, but also some tangible tools and tips for navigating our relationship with social media while navigating parenting and motherhood too. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human 
and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Dr. Anisha Patel-Dunn. Thank you so much for joining me today and coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to dive into our topic today. But before we do, I would love to give you a chance to introduce yourself to the Holding Space podcast listener. Who are you? What lights you up? And why is today's topic one that you are passionate about? Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I, uh, I am an adult psychiatrist by training and, and a mother of two girls who are 10 and 12, um, 19 months apart. And uh, I'm very excited to be here. I um, have spent my career um, in, in my direct patient care really focused on women's mental health and, um, and that is a, such a broad topic, but it spans across sort of the reproductive life cycle, as well as, um, you know, including, um, you know, pregnancy, women dealing with infertility issues, complications of pregnancy, postpartum, uh, perimenopause, menopause. Uh, and so just uh, uh, really excited to to be here and talk about this topic. And then of course, as a mother, um, just really being able to bring together kind of my professional experience as well as my humble uh, experience of being a mother, which I actually think is the hardest job I have. Um, right. so, <laughs> so very happy to be here. Thanks so much. 10 and 12. I mean, I remember those ages myself and it's so much going on. I have, I have an 11 year old daughter myself. And so just, you know, sending you all the, the preteen love because it is, it's, um, such a beautiful age, but there's so much going on. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so wild how each season brings with it its own sort of like, accomplishments of like, oh, we, you know, we're, we've, we've moved past this, this milestone, right? Um, we're sleeping through the night or no more diapers or wow, they can be so much more independent now. And, and then also with each season comes, yeah, I think its own work, right? <laughs> and, and, and things that we face as parents. One thing that, and this is our topic for today's episode, that I think is really unique, that is really unique about our generation of parents is we have so much information at our fingertips, so much information about things like milestones and different ways to support our children through these different developmental stages. And on top of that, not just from, you know, experts and, you know, professionals, but we also have at our fingertips the chosen moments of other families that we get access to as we're doing our, our scroll. <laughs> and I'd love to hear from you about what you think the impact is of both of these, the access to so much information from experts and professionals, which in some ways can be 
you know, I'm sure we'll talk about really, really meaningful and, and supportive, but also just so much information, so many more tabs open in our brain on top of access to everybody else's chosen moments to share, right? What is the impact of this for us as parents? Yes. Yeah. So I think this is such an important topic. I think that the, you know, knowledge is power, of course, but I do think there's a double-edged sword to sort of being a mother in this current generation, and it's not going to go away as, uh, you know, technology improves. And so, you know, I'm always thoughtful about recognizing the, um, the sort of balance. And a a few things I wanted to highlight is, you know, there is something so nice about being able to say in those early kind of your, the, those early months after you come home with a baby and you're up in the middle of the night, I don't, early years, my youngest, I think was up in the middle of the night until two. So there are a lot of times where you're up and alone. And so I found myself, but I know moms that I work with too, you know, on social media or on the internet researching X, Y, Z. And there can be some thing to be said of having connection with other people having the same shared experience. Mm -hmm. And so as I think about ways to connect using technology, and of course, we've seen this through COVID, is, you know, being part of a new mom's group, uh, you know, on social media can be really helpful. Um, I do think recognizing that, um, you know, there's also everybody posts and, and I think culturally speaking, we're doing a better job about this, but I do think culturally, historically, excuse me, people would just post positive things. And so then in the darkest moments, especially in the middle of the night, you think about how great someone else's life is and their child or their partner or whatever they get to highlight that you just see in a very sort of focused lens that can be um, damaging. And so I do think that one of the um, biggest things that I really try to advise uh, patients and even friends, colleagues, you know, whatnot, because everybody talks about this in different forums, right? Uh, As a a mother, I know I do. And so just thinking about limiting your time uh, online, whether that's in, you know, with social media, with just internet and learning or researching, just to be really thoughtful of limiting that time and, and I think of that, what I mean by that is really just, you know, picking, uh, if you can, like an hour a day where you're doing it at a time where it's not right before you're going to bed, so it's not impacting your sleep. Um, really, and I don't mean to contradict myself, I do think in the middle of the night, sometimes it can be helpful, but, you know, so can listening to an audiobook <laughs> or a podcast, um, you know, or a mindfulness, uh, um, t- uh, you know, mindfulness kind of app uh, or interaction. So there are other things, but I do want to be thoughtful that I think one of the biggest things is just limiting the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, it's, it's so interesting to kind of look at how two things can be true about something, right? And I think that being able to hold that duality is really important for us to really understand the full picture of our relationship with something like social media. You know, when I think back to you know, over a decade ago, being postpartum and being up in the middle of the night, there was um, 
a couple of moms that I had met at a, a an in-person mom support group. But then, you know, we took the extra step of asking for the numbers and asking for the, you know, social media um, page. And we had a little like Facebook group message going where anybody at any point could like you know, drop in a like, I'm up, anyone else up, right? And somebody else inevitably was probably up. (laughs) And if not, once they woke up, they could be like, oh my gosh, now I'm up and like right there with you and just that sense of not aloneness. But I think that like a big part of what made that supportive was the intention around those meaningful connections, connections that went beyond just the digital space, right? Like we actually knew who the the other people were and could connect in that way. Because I think that what's so difficult about social media is we only get, you know, like a a one-dimensional picture of somebody. And also things don't get responded to in real time. So it's hard to find that connection when you put something out there and you don't get that sort of like you know, immediate connection with the thing that you're trying to share about that might be important to you, there's there's something that can happen in that sort of communication that can get lost, right? right. And so the intention around it, the connections outside of the digital space. And then and then I flip to moments when I might be feeling really ashamed of like a situation I'm in as a parent, right? A way that I just sort of responded to my child or situation with my partner. And then I might escape to my phone. My finger is going to quickly hover over that social media app because of the addictive qualities of it and click on it, scrolling while I'm in sort of already a little shame spiral puddle, now so much more vulnerable to that comparison, which our brain is just wired to do inevitably, right? Like if this is, if I'm navigating this parenting thing and I'm feeling like I don't know what I'm doing, my brain's going to want to see, well, how are others doing this, right? And whether it's just all of a sudden now my brain is taking in more information, even if it's not comparing myself to somebody else's like picture perfect moment, but just more information about the news that's happening in the world, about something else that an expert is sharing that I could be thinking about, right? Like there's just more tabs opening when I'm already, when my like browser is already in overdrive, right? Like it's already shutting down or needing to shut down or needing to have boundaries and just more tabs opening. And it's, yeah, that to me, that's the duality of like, how I can find information at my fingertips that I actually wish that my parents' generation had, right? Like supportive information that would have been really helpful for them to have access to. And also times that I felt deeply connected to folks that I was able to access through that digital space. And yet, and yet, there are also these really important boundaries that we have to find and maintain for ourselves in order for it to in order for it to actually work for us and not against us, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's where, you know, culturally here, we do have a tendency, I think, to be drawn to, um, you know, the quick fix, so to speak, or the, uh, you know, yeah, there's that uh, sort of, we all have a little bit of that kind of 
addictive side of, you know, wanting to learn more, see more when you're on a social media app, say, and then the dark space. So when you are feeling vulnerable um, and insecure, anxious, worried, then you're in, you know, how you perceive what you're reading or what you're seeing um, is really um, can't really profound. I think it can really impact and spiral you downward. And so that's where I really recommend, you know, making sure that you're putting even like a timer, uh, like putting a timer on your smartphone, um, just setting it like I'm going to do 10 minutes here and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. I do want to say two kind of two things sort of generationally and, um, and even just culturally speaking, like I think about, um, you know, my, my parents immigrated to the United States in the late sixties and my mother, both of Indian origin uh, or Indian descent and my mother from India and my father from Kenya. And I think about, um, you know, my brother was born in Kenya and my mother had so much family around that had mm. children, you know, there's just culturally, and I know there's a lot of different cultures that have this, but that sort of immediate, um, moms in the family that sort of embrace the new mom and help with even just like latching if someone wants to breastfeed or um, taking the baby at night so you can sleep, things like that, that I think we as Americans um, oftentimes don't have. And I do think there's a layer here of social media and even kind of connecting in person with mom mom's groups, but then even being able to connect with technology that sort of brings back some of those great things about different cultures across the world. Oh, and yeah. so I do want to highlight that part of, and what you said, like, I really think of when you have this connection in person and then the ability to reach out using technology, it's such a lovely way to connect sort of the old school ways of some cultures that maybe have mm -hmm. not been present here in the United States and sort of uh, extrapolating from that some really positives. I really appreciate that perspective of just that, you know, that pull to be, you know, people say it takes a village and um, I hear, <laughs> I've seen posts on Instagram, right, that have made me feel less alone in this, in this, in this idea that like, wait, where, where is the village? When are they showing up? <laughs> and um, I, I really, I really can appreciate that sort of perspective of like, we, we need that. We crave that, right? Um, we, there's a pull for us to find that. And if we're not, you know, I'm thinking about, yeah, here in the U.S. and just the overarching culture of like independence and doing things on our own here that then doesn't provide opportunities for that, right? For somebody to, you know, do night times with us, right? For family or friends or for someone to be in our home with us during the night when we are doing the nighttime parenting and postpartum. For somebody to show us like what a latch looks like in person, right? Um, for somebody to feed us and nourish us and yeah. And so we, there's that drive to find it. And social media gives us the most access to the most people. And so I can, I can really understand that, that pull from that perspective. That's, that's really helpful. And so 
And and yet, right, there's also the challenges. And so you you mentioned boundaries. And I really love this idea because, you know, we set I set time boundaries, like my kids have time boundaries on their screens. And, you know, I think that it would actually be really beautiful for me to model that as well, right? But like the and and like how it's never gonna feel like enough, right? And so we have to kind of build that that mindfulness muscle of like yeah, the timer went off and it just turned off and it doesn't feel like enough, but maybe it's never going to feel like enough. And so how do I respond to that that part of my body that feels like I needed more, right? When there's also the part of me that knows that my brain needs a break. So it'd be really nice for you to be able to model that that to my kids. So boundaries, what are some other ways that you feel like parents can begin to support themselves in navigating this new digital era? Yeah, so I do think that, um, you know, recognizing when you're feeling like you want more, there are other things besides social media that technology can help uh, provide, right? So I think about, um, and, and it's the whole gamut, right? Like just the ability of like podcasts and audiobooks. Uh, and, and I think about that as because uh, sometimes, you know, sitting down and reading too, but I just, I don't want to forget that because I, I like myself, um, uh, am a runner and I always have an audio, my book club book is always my audio book. Cause that's the only way I can finish it. But then I've always got a paperback in my backpack from when I'm traveling and, you know, I, I love to read an actual book. Um, and so just recognizing there's other media that maybe not, um, screen time, that can provide and fill a void um, or, and, and the void I think is some search for knowledge, right. Or searching for understanding or feeling understood. Uh, and so, you know, books on specific topics can be really so helpful for that, but there's a world of podcasts um, and, and there's a world of also entertainment. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just think about even, um, different series. Like I, I think of recognizing that our brains are, you know, multidimensional, of course, and we can mm-hmm. kind of um, fill or engage that organ, say, in a lot of different ways. And so just remembering that when you're feeling like, oh, you're kind of, um, you know, not satiated, so to speak, or you're still wanting more, think about some other ways of getting that. Uh, and I think that there's a lot to benefit from technology in getting that, especially in, you know, just you know, like thinking about my own childhood where it was, you know, whatever is on television and that's it, right? Versus now you can, you know, get online, search for a spe- specific topic and have so many different options. And so I do recognize um, that sometimes it can be overwhelming, but that that that's also like just thinking about what what are you feeling you're still craving, and and kind of spending some time reflecting for yourself. Oh, I love this because I, I what I hear you saying is that you know there are different things that social media provides for our brain, right? And like really looking at it from the perspective of what are what are the things that our brain might be craving, or um, and it, there's entertainment there's connection and there's knowledge and that there are other ways that we can access that 
that doesn't include all the other doors <laughs> that social media provide, like opens us yeah. to, right? Um, so much more sort of intentional boundaried way of accessing, whether it's entertainment, knowledge, or connection. And, you know, I think that I love that you're naming podcasts here. I, I the, the reviews on the podcast are so meaningful to me because I, I, I put I put it out there, right? Like this conversation is going to go out there and people that I don't know are going to listen to it. And I don't know like what they're experiencing and to, to read the reviews that are like, I feel less alone, right? Like it feels like I learned something, maybe even laughed here or there, right? Like, and just felt so not alone in my experience and how it, it provides that bridge to connection, to knowledge. And I think in a way that in this platform gets to go so much deeper. Like I really see, you know, from a business perspective, my presence on Instagram is to make that initial connection. It's almost like shouting on a street, like <laughs> being like, hey, come into my house, right? And then and then building that bridge where people can walk into my house. <laughs> and it's I feel like the podcast is in where I want to bring folks where they can like take their shoes off and I can hand them a matcha or a tea or something and like sit down with them on the floor and be like, okay, now now we can get so much deeper into it, right? Um, without all the other noise that the all the other all the other houses, which are probably really great houses, but like let's we get to just spend some quality time here with each other. And 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 yeah, and I think reading, right? I love audiobooks because it's almost like just listening to a really long podcast, whether it's for entertainment or, you know, I'm a I'm a huge fantasy fiction like reader. And so whether I want to escape into a fantasy world or I want to learn something mm-hmm. from, you know, a, an author and, you know, a self-help book. Like I just I love that you're kind of looking at it from that perspective. And then from an entertainment perspective, you know. Yeah, we have access to all sorts of different versions of entertainment. And, you know, I have I have clients who like they will just put on a show of friends, even though it's like a rerun, there's something or like my mom listens to has a show that she watches all the time. It's always on in the background. And I think because she has such a high stress job, it's this thing that kind of provides entertainment where she can sit down and laugh. But there it's not high stakes. She kind of knows what's what to expect. Um, and you know, my dad, my dad was like, God, it drives me crazy. And I explained it to him and like that kind of perspective of like, like low stakes entertainment. And he was like, Oh, that makes so much sense now. Right. Like, um, and so whether it's that, or I have a ritual where actually every Friday on Instagram, I share a curation of, um, funny reels or TikToks that folks have sent me related to being a millennial parent. I share it every Friday. I have folks who say that they they like close the app all week and they only come on on Fridays just to watch those as like a ritual, right? It has boundaries around it. They might they like to like watch it with their partner. It's like maybe the one time during the week during certain seasons where they're like side by side laughing with each other. And I think that it's and I, you know, I even had my my cousin told me once that she listens to my podcast before she's going to bed. She doesn't really. She's like, she's like, well, your your voice kind of puts me to sleep. And I'm like, I'm gonna take that as a compliment. You know? <laughs> yes. um, and it's maybe because she knows me and she finds my voice soothing. Whatever, you know what? Whatever it is, like if my if my podcast puts you to sleep, but like it gets you a good night's sleep and it's better than social media, I'll take it. <laughs> but you know, it's. Um, 
I just, I think that there's, 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 I really love that the intention that you're asking us to do of looking to see what is my brain wanting right now and where are some other ways that maybe have more boundaries around it that, and more protection around it, right? That I can access that. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I um, absolutely agree with that. And it's interesting. So I don't, uh, I have one sibling, an older brother who has three girls and they're all five years apart. Uh, The youngest is a senior in high school. So uh, he's uh, much older than my children. And we were talking about this the other day um, and just, you know, we're thinking about our dad who's widowed and, and has been, is remarried, but, you know, just making sure he's doing okay. And is he cognitively, you know, uh, I think he's recognizing some memory loss, which is normal for aging um, parents. But uh, my brother was sharing with me that he sometimes will watch foreign detective shows with subtitles and that he it helps him sort of completely disengage because you're forced to read the subtitles and um and that sometimes the foreign detective shows actually show um kind of empowered women and he of three daughters like often his one of his daughters and he will you know binge watch tv shows and so this is something they're connected on and it just was one of those things that um you know, a generation ago, that wouldn't have been exactly the case, right? Even just the access to the foreign films, um, the quality of the subtitles to read. Um, But just that we all need, you know, I think of um, brain candy. I sort of think about that as like brain candy. What's your brain candy? Um, And let's not, you know, maybe it is social media, but like everything, you want to limit how much you take consume right Mm -hmm. and so um you know reflecting on that for people and i i also want to highlight that sometimes stepping like also recognizing how important it is to have like time in nature just out in fresh air (laughs) sort of the opposite of what we're talking about but just i i just was thinking about like there's also a way the brain um needs that as well right as we think about the whole body um and so um, yeah, you know, yeah. when I it's been raining so much here, but like as soon as I can get outside, it does like it feels like a massage for my brain. Yes. You know, like it really does feel like my brain is getting like a massage when it's outside. Just taking in, um, getting a, a chance to not take in more content that it needs to process that you know is intense or learning or it's just it just gets to be where it is. And there's, there's something, there really is something to say about that. So we talked a little bit about comparison and how we compare with social media. We just have all these opportunities to compare, you know, our, our lives or our, our, our children or milestones or all of these things. What, what would you say to the listener, to a friend, to your patient? about unhooking themselves from comparison because we're wired to do it, right? Like Mm -hmm. that part of us isn't necessarily going anywhere, but how do we respond when it shows up? Right. Yeah. So 
um, we are very, um, I think, culturally really wired to do this, um, especially. And I do think that uh, being kind to yourself of recognizing that, um, you know, each of us are individuals and we have our own experiences that lead us to where we are and that's cannot be duplicated by anybody and so to recognize sort of that we're all our own individuals and we have our own path and I always think of kind of bookends of you know thinking about milestones right like even um, basic milestones right the new moms where um, you know who's crawling first who's walking um, I'm always like oh don't feel bad if you're not, your child is not walking first, because that is a whole different phase of life <laughs> for you. Right. Um, but, you know, so to sort of think about, and I say that with kind of some humor, because I do think we go to, oh, we want to be the first or that, you know, so-and-so's child is doing reading and, you know, uh, it could be anything at any age, right? All the way through, um, I think, uh, you know, all the way through adulthood. Uh, but just to recognize that you don't always want to be first. Like that's not, that's not necessarily the goal and um, that we are, we are, you know, layered. We're so multidimensional as humans that there are so many things that, um, you know, we think of accomplishments, so to speak, that there's so much there. And so that recognizing that, um, you know, there's a huge variability in reaching milestones. And I think of just, uh, you know, um, like thinking about um, some of my friends, uh, and I think even actually patients of like, where uh, this is, so I um, started practice in San Francisco. In San Francisco, there's a lot of people that have to apply for kindergarten, <laughs> let's say, yeah. um, as opposed to the public school system. Yeah. Like some people will come in with that dilemma. Do I send my child to, you know, private kindergarten or public school? And that is one of those. I, and I bring up kindergarten because, you know, we think about ourselves in kindergarten and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, what, what do you remember? What don't you remember? Um, we can get really caught up in making sure that, you know, are we at the right place? Um, and that's really just the beginning of some of this sort of competition, comparison. And so um, I do think there is, you know, healthy competition drives us to be our best. Um, but when, when does it become unhealthy? And so just really recognizing that we don't do a service to our children or our you know, partners or ourselves if we get sucked into sort of that competition um, and that really trying to get a balance. And, you know, just in thinking about the individual, like, you know, your child the best, you know, yourself the best, like pausing and, Mm -hmm. and kind of reflecting is so important. I think that what you're naming here is a really important element to this, which is like being able to trust our own intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's the, the disconnect from our intuition, I think is, is so layered and a really important thing to unpack and understand. Like, why, why is it hard for me to turn into my body and identify if this is intuition, if this is more like a, you know, buzzy, anxious, reactive response? Why is it so – why are we so so driven to actually look outward? Like, the answer must be outside of us. Somebody else knows more or has the answer 
right? There, I think there's many layers to understanding why we come to that place of having of, of being so hard to tap into our intuition. But I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how maybe one step that we can take to begin to connect back in with that that knowing part of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, um, I yeah, I think that's so important is pausing and trusting ourselves, right? And this is where social media can shake us if we're in a vulnerable space and we kind of are able to be rattled, so to speak, or allow ourselves to be rattled, is that we destabilize ourselves or our sense of self, that we, we're not really trusting, you know, what we what we think is right. And I actually think some of this is playing it out to get the reinforcement um, that reminding us that we just need to like, um, like even just, you know, specifically with parenting, you know, recognizing that, you know, if you're struggling with your child, say like pausing and having a real, like a conversation. And, um, and I think about like parallel, right. So like in, in therapy, you know, being able to have, open, ask open-ended questions, like something really simple. Like if you're, you know, depending on if your child is of age that can communicate verbally, but as we think about, like, I just, for example, I think of my, my daughters, you know, um, one of them really struggles. She has, uh, some learning challenges and has a IEP at school. And I knew early on because my children, this is a younger one, that there were differences. And you, of course, as a parent, even though you don't want to do this, you just know what your first did and you look at the second and you sort of compare. And not that I'm trying to compare, but that's all you know, right? In your firsthand knowledge. It's so natural for us to do that. I think our brain naturally, when we enter a new experience, we look to see what is already known, what are others already doing, right? It's why... Why I think that like it isn't going anywhere necessarily. Like it's it's a big part of who we are as humans. Yes, and so I was able to reflect. Gosh, my first child was doing this, but my second isn't quite doing it. And you know, giving some time, but then recognizing, you know, I had like the fortunate experience of my children had the same kindergarten teacher, and they were back to back in school, uh, but. I had to go to the kindergarten teacher and say, gosh, you know, I'm noticing this, like using your resources. I think this is where there are people in the community, right? You know, you may have um, somebody that's another caretaker for your child that spends a lot of time with your child, or, and that could be, you know, um, a babysitter, a family member, but then also, you know, preschool, daycare, grade school, like there's so many adults in our lives that also can have interaction with our children. And that can be our um, sort of advocates or our confidants or who can offer us information to validate our own intuition. And I think that I encourage people to do that. And I do think one thing is not to be ashamed or embarrassed, but just to even be advocates for yourself and your own children to ask, hey, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just noticing this. Um, you're just an open dialogue of communication. Um, are you noticing this, right? And and I think about even um, neighbors that have children that you're, you know, depending on what kind of neighbor, if you're, you know, in a neighborhood where you talk to neighbors or you're, uh, 
you know, uh, that, that it's just other adults in the community that can be so helpful for you. Uh, and I do think teachers um, are really uh, such a great resource and, um, and really, you know, have a lens of working with so many children and seeing so many different styles um, that often that can also be validating to recognize like, oh, uh, you know, other kids are having the same experience because sometimes it can just feel so lonely um, and, and uh, you can feel so alone and isolated. Mm. Well, I would love for you to share where folks can um, connect with you and um, learn more from you. And I'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes. Oh, great. Yeah. So um, yes, uh, lifestance.com is our website. I, um, you know, and yes, I always encourage people and I, I think I went there in a, uh, earlier, but didn't quite finish my thoughts about, you know, that please, if you're ever, you know, worried or you want a professional, like, I think that's where, you know, we and my colleagues and across the country too, regardless of at Life Stance or outside of Life Stance, you know, mental health clinicians are very used to working through issues that people are having as new moms, as new parents, you know, parenting questions. So it's so easy to even just have a few sessions. Um, so don't hesitate to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, uh, happy to help. We have uh, over 6,000 clinicians in 34 states. Wow. And uh, I know that there's a lot of you know, my colleagues whom I trained with and in the field that are really trying to make it very easy for people to access care and whether, you know, a hybrid of kind of in-person and video um, can be really great, especially for moms. Yeah. You know, I recently had a client who um, connected with a psychiatrist through Life Stance and um, that psychiatrist and I collaborated um, in that, in that client's care. And um, you know, I, of course, it's just one person, but it was an, a really, a really wonderful experience to see how much um, care that provider was putting into supporting this client in assessment, in answering questions, in really trying to understand, look at the whole, the whole person in in that part of their care. So, um, yeah, that, it was it was a really, really wonderful experience. Um, and then soon after, I got the email to connect with you. And I was like, you know, the universe is, is interesting sometimes in those ways, little pings from the universe. So um, That's great. I love that. <laughs> so I will um, be sure to include um, your information in the show notes. Again, um, Dr. Anisha, thank you so much for coming on and joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air. And go and explore some of those past episodes. Maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about. You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned into this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me for sure, but also for you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.